You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hi there, welcome to today's podcast. I hope you're doing well. And today I have an interview with Kieran Phelan. Kieran Phelan is based in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And I'm going to be talking about how to digitally transform your practice to 100% cloud with Kieran. Kieran is someone who has been in this space for a number of years now and managed to get his practice 100% cloud based and now helping other accountants to do the same. If this is something that is on your agenda of digitalizing your firm 100%, then this is the one you'll want to listen to. I hope you enjoy, and I'll see you on the other side. By way of background, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your firm, your uh, journey so far to date, and uh, we'll take it from there. Oh, perfect, and thanks for having me on today, Reza. Um, so a little bit of background about um, myself and the firm. Um, I, I started an accountancy 25 years ago actually this year um and i started into an accounting technician course after school started with pwc i was there for three years i then moved to another firm and qualified chartered in 2002 um i was a manager in that firm then up until from 2005 to 2010 mm-hmm. um and what happened in around 2009 i remember it clearly and i tell the same story all the time it's i went out to a client and <clears throat> i think at that point in time cloud was absolutely brand new in the new in the uk and we were very much a sage line 50 um focused practice at that point in time so to my horror when i visited a client one day i noticed they weren't using sage line 50 and what they were using was a product called accounts 24 7 i've never seen it again since but that's what they were using and of course i said well why, why aren't you using sage and they said well let's just show you this that we just signed up for it so to my amazement, they opened up a browser and they put an email password and logged in and the penny dropped for me. I thought, oh, hold on a second. The whole, the whole problem with, with the way we were working with clients at that point in time was the, the lack of remote access and the need to transfer data back and forward between clients on you know, USB drives and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they logged onto this package and I quickly dived in and started running reports such as trial balance, PL, age debtors, and all that stuff. And, and everything was f- fully functional. So at that point in time, I decided the time was right to make a move um, to start up my own because I always wanted to run my own firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and within a couple of weeks of that client visit, a guy I knew at the time who was very IT savvy told me about a new company called Zero. Um, and said, you probably should check this company out. They seem to be making big waves. Um, so as soon as I got in touch and seen Zero and the bank feed technology at that point in time, um, within a few months, I handed him my notice in my, my pretty comfortable job and said, I'm going to go alone. So at that point in time, I founded uh, our firm in July 2010. So we're up and running 10 years this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the first cloud accounting firm in Northern Ireland and I was Zero's first certified advisor in Northern Ireland at that point in time. Yeah. It took probably another two years for a couple of firms um, over here to sort of start seeing Zero and, and cloud and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were very fortunate, I suppose, in our history that we 
when I founded the firm, I founded as a cloud-based firm. I wouldn't say I was fully cloud-based until, you know, four or five years later when I was just really embracing all the possibilities of cloud. And I suppose at that point in time, the number of apps, Reza, and add-ons had obviously multiplied significantly. Um, up to where we are today, I suppose, over the course of the last couple of years now, we are a zero-only practice. Um, we use Zero and Receipt Bank and Float um, and a couple of other bits of cloud software. We've kind of centralized and streamlined um, what we're doing for our clients and how we do it for our clients. We've we've moved as well to doing a lot of outsource work for clients. So some clients have basically said, "Look, I don't want to do the bookkeeping anymore. Um, just let us do it." So that's been that's been working pretty well. Mm-hmm. And we just get people into a certain way of working with the specific apps that we're using. Um, the only other thing to mention, I suppose, as well, is that over the course of the last sort of year or so, um, over here in Northern Ireland, I have been going out to other firms now locally and just advising them and doing some consulting on how they can move from a traditional model to a cloud digital-based model, giving them tips and advice and also a bit of a roadmap to guide them towards that, uh, guide them on that journey. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been really interesting, I suppose, because making tax digital, getting uh, brought in there from, from April last year was making all firms start to sit up and realize this this has to be done. We don't want to just do VAT returns online. We really should be going for the the whole um, integrated package online. And, and how do we do that? Um, and I suppose taking us right up to now, you know, with the, the crisis that we now have and the need to work remotely and the need to work at home, um, it, it's really shone a light, I suppose, now on how firms should be working and how they should maybe remodel themselves and how they can embrace all the, the, the possibilities that are that are there as well. So that's that's kind of us from start to finish um, in terms of our journey um, right up to now. Brilliant. Uh, that's fantastic. Thanks for that, Kieran. So um, you raise a good point about, um, you know, making tax digital and that kind of being a trigger for us to, um, you know, get clients onto the cloud who may not have yet been convinced. And that is, I guess, an objection that you hear. Certainly I've heard it in the past in terms of clients dragging their feet. And there's always those who, you know, are going to be the laggards who who aren't really convinced, um, even though we know it is the, the the way to go. So what kind of, um, what strategies have you adopted to get even the, you know, the, the, the reluctance um, of clients to actually agree to moving from their old model in terms of manual paper-based or desktop software to a fully cloud solution? And there's a couple of things on that, I would say then, Reza. Um, I suppose first and foremost, because we've been largely cloud-based for most of our for most of our existence, it, it's really been a case of we've set out here is how we work. Um, and rather than sort of having clients at times try to dictate how they want to do things and, and almost making you think that you have to work to what their demands are. Mm. We are very much now focused on coming to us is all about, we, we will use zero, we will use receipt bank and so on. So in one sense, it's it's not even managing the objections. We only are bringing people on once they agree to work our way. That's been good from one point of view as well, to be honest, because anybody who's very interested in zero are finding us as being the leading experts in Northern Ireland 
um, and there, you know, it does certainly generate um, a certain amount of um, we're capturing quite a lot of leads out of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I certainly have dealt with the objections that clients and other accountants and accounting firms are, are raising in terms of convincing them to, to make that move. And to me, it all boils down to um, change and change management. I always see it and I always, I always talk to people in this way that there are really three reasons why change comes about. Um, reason number one is that somebody uh, wants to make a change and that makes it really easy. So that if you've got a client who is looking to use their mobile apps more, they're looking to be digitally based and they're looking to know what their numbers are on an up-to-date basis um, and have that security of being connected with somebody all the time, then it makes it really easy to transition them no matter what you're doing, but certainly for cloud and digital based stuff. Um, second reason I see for change is there is a need to change. So that kind of falls right in the middle of, well, look, I think I need to be doing this because in the future it's going to be the way it is, or I need to do it because um, I want to save time on my finance function, save time on my bookkeeping, and building all this automation with cloud technology um, is going to help facilitate that. Then you get the final reason for change, which is you must change. And that's the hardest one, and it brings the most objections. So making tax digital was almost a must change situation for certain clients and for firms as well. Some of them bridge the gap by using the likes of bridging software without deciding to go all in on the technology at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And it's still hard to convince clients and for me firms to you know take that leap of faith and just start moving as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of covers the three reasons I've seen why there is change. Now, in terms of the um, the objections, I suppose, and, and how to deal with it, um, there's there's the it, it all really boils down to him, and, and we just mentioned it earlier, just before we went live. The it's the fear of change that that really brings about the objections. Mm-hmm. So I tend to deal with the fear that people have as opposed to the actual objection. Um, in terms of convincing people then, Reza, to make a move from paper-based or Excel-based to moving into the cloud and digital space. And that can be quite easy when you're able to demonstrate to people the speed of processing the automation tools that are available and how easy they are to use. So um, in one sense, as an accountant and an accountant firm and with your team, you do need to upskill in these areas. You know, you need to know how to use Receipt Bank, if, if that's what you're going to use for Receipt Capture. Um, you need to know all the available tools within the different versions of Receipt Bank. And Receipt Bank are, and, and their partners, obviously, and their account managers are, are very good at, at, at walking you through that process. Um, and then you've got the firms like ourselves who do that as well. But once you can see yourself the benefits and the speed and the automation and all those things of a certain piece of technology or a connected range of, of, of technology, it makes it far easier to be able to um, demonstrate the value of the technology to your clients and get them to buy in. Um, I keep saying Receipt Bank because actually Receipt Bank, I have found if people aren't using that or auto entry, it's the one thing a client will say that's amazing because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. So I always maybe use that as a, a stepping stone to be able to say, well, this is how you will do things going forward with your receipts. Forget about the shoebox or bag anymore and, or, or, or listing things out in Excel. You can just now 
take a picture on your phone, um, pick a category for the expense um, and just send it through to Receipt Bank and we will take care of the rest for you in terms of making sure then that it appears in your accounting software and that it's going on to your VAT return correctly um, and that it's properly categorized and so on as well. So some of those very small things that are very basic, Reza, for accountants are often the thing that will overcome an objection um, from, from clients. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think you raised um, you know, very, some very good points there in terms of you know, just communicating the, the benefits to a client you know, helps to convince them. So in terms of communicating value by saving them time so they can spend the time on doing what they do best rather yep. than them having to, to do the bookkeeping, to get involved in all of the stuff that they used to. Saving them money. So, you know, if if we can now handle the full finance function for a client, so they don't need to have three, four, five people in a in a small business, which is expensive to have full-time staff. So, you know, there are huge potential money savings and time savings, which help to communicate the value of what we do. Kieran, I've got a question coming in from Alex. Thank you, Alex, for putting that in. It says, do you exclusively use Zero, or do you deal with clients who use QBO and Sage Business Cloud or will you turn these potential clients away? That's a good question and it's a, it's a common question as well. Um, we are exclusively Zero, so we, we won't work with anybody who's using QuickBooks Online or Sage and that may at times sound quite arrogant, but I came to that conclusion actually a number of years ago. It might have been 2014 or 15. Um, and I remember at that point in time, Zero's subscription price had increased. Um, and QuickBooks were at that time doing something like a pound a month or something. So there was offers there. Mm. And what I found was there was a batch of clients who I had at that point in time who came and said, I want to move. I want to go to QuickBooks. And it really made me think, well, I don't want to lose clients just because of a software choice. So I remember deciding at that point that I would explore the option of becoming a QBO advisor as well as a zero advisor. And then I would have to think about things like um, over here in Northern Ireland, we also have clients in the Republic of Ireland who would use surf accounts, which is quite popular in the Republic of Ireland. So I started thinking, okay, well, let's use, you know, let's upscale on surf, let's upscale on QBO. Um, we're already zero certified. Um, but I decided then I'm not going to take that approach, mainly because um, as a business, we were very good at using Zero. We knew it inside out. We kept doing their training courses for new features. And all of a sudden, with the team that I had, I was then going to be expecting them to upscale in all of these areas just for a certain segment of clients. And what I found in that as well is that those clients – they're actually no longer clients anyway, not because they moved to QuickBooks, but because if I actually changed their price by two pounds a month for anything, they were so price sensitive that they were going to move anyway. So mm -hmm. part of my reasoning was stay, stay in your lane um, is a good expression to use. Mm -hmm. Focus on what you're really good at and become the best at that. Um, and here in Northern Ireland, we were the first to do zero. Um, and a lot of firms are actually ringing me now to talk about zero because um, of our expertise in that area. So it, it kind of, it, it, it really benefited us to just focus on a certain range of products connected to zero as opposed to spreading ourselves too thinly. Mm -hmm. Yes, it doesn't suit everybody and clients, will, you know, we do get inquiries and say, look, I'm using QuickBooks and I want to keep using QuickBooks. Um, and we just say, it's not for us, unfortunately. Um, we are willing to take you through a process and move you across and actually probably show you how to do things better on zero 
because they're doing QuickBooks themselves. Therefore, they're probably not using all the features. But I decided not to invest time learning several products um, just because you may get inquiries from people who want to use those particular products. I think there's enough products and accountants out there in the marketplace to deal with those particular clients. We just wanted to, to stay focused on, on zero exclusively. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now that's um, very valid. And I think, um, yeah, fair play to you for holding your ground. It's really important to have that kind of ideal client in mind in terms of who you want to target. Um, it helps you to serve your audience better because that's what you do best. Um, and there's benefits for you internally because you can then become really good at what you're offering um, and become very clear that, you know, that's the way you do things. And, you know, clients can get the benefit of uh, of your um, immense knowledge from it. Another question coming in from Ali. How are you both? How would you compare AE and RB in terms of value for money? I found RB quite costly for smaller micro practices. Yeah, and, and we are exclusively with Receipt Bank as well, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd certainly looked at a few of the other products that are on the market, the likes of Auto Entry and, and even Zero have now got obviously PubDoc. Um, yes, Receipt Bank is more costly, but it does to me boil down to the the old uh, you get what you pay for. Um, I have personal, and, and some of this is a personal choice as well. In, in fairness, folks, you know. And there are people I know who are using auto entry. They love it and they wouldn't change. Um, and I think if that's what where you get to, um, stick with that. For us, we stuck with Receipt Bank because I've been using it from sort of year two onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cost for us in terms of deciding to go for HubDoc or auto entry, the time cost in all of that, especially now we're in the crisis period when you just want to be doing things as quickly as you can and managing all the crisis that clients are, are having at this point in time. So the cost of change to anything else would be too much. And I didn't, again, want to get, I still don't want to spread us too thin. So we stuck with Receipt Bank. Um, but certainly, I mean, I am a member of the uh, panel for the Digital Accountancy Show, which mm-hmm. was due to happen last, last week, I think it was, was it? Yeah, 26th of March. March. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. So we've had a conversations um, on our WhatsApp group just about this exact type of thing. And it's quite obvious that if you're a, a zero partner, they're now going to be offering HubDoc for free. Yeah. And you could potentially just be passing that cost saving on to your clients and that will save your clients some money. Um, for us, that would automatically save probably seven and a half, eight grand a year in receipt bank costs. Wow. Um, but I, again, I'm, I'm just not interested in doing that at this point in time because the clients we're working with are all using Receipt Bank. The staff are all very familiar with it. So to save that seven and a half grand, I would probably have a lot of downtime switching things around. And clients, once they get used to something, don't like change either. So for us, it was like, no, just let's stick with what we're doing. It'll, it'll probably be something we'll always look at on an ongoing basis. I mean, why would you not look at something that's going to save you seven and a half grand a year? But I have to be honest, and I'm, I mean, I'm totally zero, but I don't think HubDoc's as good a product as Receipt Bank. Um, I do have a, not a client, but somebody I went out and did a transformation with. They had already signed up for HubDoc. So I was recommending Receipt Bank, but this is not, we're going to stick with, with HubDoc in the meantime, um, which is fine. But I seen it in action and I thought it's not as quick as Receipt Bank. It doesn't have all the, some of the slicker automation tools that Receipt Bank has. Um, so for me, Receipt Bank still comes through as a superior product, which is why it costs 
more than than the others as well you know Mm, yeah absolutely yeah no that's it's a common debate isn't it in the accounting circles AE or RB or HubDoc now that it's free so we, we hear that a lot and and I think so it is a and, and on the subject and I'm sure other people have said 100% or repeat receipt bank put in the comments guys what you use do you use auto entry receipt bank HubDoc and so we get a feel of who's using what so in terms of on that same subject then uh, clearly, there was a big investment at the at the outset when you took Receipt Bank on, and you may not have had the volume to put through it at that time. So, when did you, you know, how did you do that cost benefit analysis? Did you kind of see the product, saw it was amazing, and thought, right, it's going to cost me three, four hundred pounds a month, but that's yeah. fine because what I'm going to do is set up my business model so that every single one of my clients, I'm going to get onto it, and over time, I will make those savings. Is that kind of the journey you went through to do that cost benefit? Yeah, and, and the journey we had was very much aligned with um, Receipt Bank's pricing journey. Um, so that, you know, initially we were almost a page you go type customer for Receipt Bank and we were just passing that on to clients. Um, one thing to mention, of course, about that is how do you price that for clients? Yeah. Um, our view on it is quite simple. Um, in the early days, if a client was signing up for Receipt Bank for £10 a month, we included that £10 a month as part of their monthly direct debit to us. Um, yes, we made it clear to them that that was included in your overall price and they knew it was £10 a month. But when we actually give them their quotation and we bill them monthly, we don't break everything down by line item. We just say, you know, you're paying £200 a month. That gives you access to 50 receipts for a receipt bank. It gives you access to your version of zero, your payroll on zero, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't actually break it down every single time we send a bill out the door, which is every month. Um, so that would have been the initial days would have been more pay as you go and just pass it on. But then my account manager at Receipt Bank would have been saying, look, we're launching the new different levels of Receipt Bank. Um, and I was a little bit off. It was a bit off putting, I suppose, at that point in time, because then you're into a fixed monthly commitment. And to get the features we really wanted, you were going to, you know, £400, £500 a month type of a commitment. So what I did with Receipt Bank at that point in time was I just spoke to the account manager and said, look, we really want to get to there. Can we put a plan in place to get there within six months? So it's really just a matter then of asking the questions of the account manager and saying, look, move us on to the second level and move us up to the third level, maybe at month six um, and stagger the, the cost increase. But we still continued to recharge clients what they would pay if they signed up for Receipt Bank themselves. So that in actual fact, um, I haven't in a while looked at the analysis on this, but if I looked at all the clients that we have um, and I looked then at how we are recouping costs and so on, um, then it's probably the case that we're recouping most of the costs nowadays, you know, even for £10 a month, 50 clients at £10 a month is going to cover your costs. Yeah. Um, and the amount of time clients will save and you will save in terms of their processing will absolutely blow all of that out of the water anyway. So you've covered your costs and you have a, a slicker model and, and a yeah. better service delivery as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you still do the, the fixed £10 a month with clients regardless of, of volume or it's um, a, a kind of staggered as, as the volume increases? What we do for some clients is we, we'll say to them, look, you know, I know certain firms are actually saying, look, we're just paying £600 a month. And what we're doing is rather than hiring another member of staff, we'll pay Receipt Bank £600 a month. And we will basically get clients to start using it for free. 
I actually believe there's a value in pricing that subscription in some kind of way. So in more recent months, I think what we've been doing is just saying, look, instead of paying £10 a month, we'll just do it for £5 a month. But I'm making sure they're paying something to uh, represent the value of what they're going to get. Um, and just on Receipt Bank, in an example as well, and this is one I've used um, at, at different demonstrations I've done for accountants. I remember a number of years ago, uh, a prospect contacted me and they were on QuickBooks desktop, but they wanted to go cloud-based. Um, and this guy was printing design company, turnover of under 250,000 a year, um, only three people involved with the business, so pretty small business. But he was doing the, the, the typical thing, which was he has he actually had one main supplier for his, his goods. So you ring up and order anything, and he was contacting a, a, his supplier, placing an order, getting the invoice coming through these emails, opening up the PDF, printing it out, punching it, putting it in the file, and typing it all into the desktop software. And as soon as I showed him Receipt Bank and the automation you can do to get it straight into your accounting system with the PDF attached and set up the supplier rules so that it's one supplier, you just have it all going to the cost of sales. Um, we worked out from a, a time perspective how long he spends entering one entry now versus the automation process. And we worked out over the course of the year, he was going to save five weeks per year on wow. one supplier. So those are the types of examples from a time perspective. If you can say to a client, let's look at how you're doing things now and how long it literally takes you. And, you know, reduce your time to one minute per entry to check your entries. If you're doing the bookkeeping yourself, yeah. and then you're going to save X number of weeks per year. And that, like that guy was basically saying to me, where do I sign for this? I mean, that's, it's, it's an absolute open goal situation, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great value for the client because, you know, they're, they're saving time. They're saving office space. There's no, no longer any need for them to keep paper records and file things away. As soon as it's zapped, it's there, isn't it? The, it's it's yeah. an electronic copy. It can always be called upon. So, you know, you're, you're helping them move to a whole paperless uh, solution, paperless environment yeah. completely. So and definitely things are going to actually change in the future there. I mean, only yesterday I was having a conversation on the WhatsApp group with some of the guys of the Digital Accountancy Show panel. Um, and, and, and the move will continue to, you know, go more and more digital. I mean, Zero now apparently in New Zealand are launching their e-invoicing feature, mm. um, which basically means that you will be able to send an invoice from business to business, no matter what platform you're on. Um, using the technology and get it straight onto the other person's accounting system. So there's complete paperless um, processing there. Like it's not even a PDF needing to go in somewhere. It's just going straight on. I mean, Zero have had that for a number of years between Zero accounts mm. um, where you can use the Zero network key um, between businesses. And I've had a few clients who actually transacted with each other and did that. But the, the, the approach now in New Zealand with this new e-invoicing feature, which has been announced there in the last week or two, um, it's going to make things even more um, automated and paperless um, and digital. And there's things then like um, Flux technology, which is some of the banks are, are bringing that in for their mobile apps, which basically means if you go to anywhere and buy something with your uh, Flux-enabled bank card, and I think... Monzo and Barclays and Starling Bank are ones who are already doing this. Um, you will just get an electronic receipt. You won't even need to ask for paper receipts anymore yeah. for anything. It'll just be in your banking app. So if the if the likes of Zero and QuickBooks Online will make sure that the data and the electronic 
receipt copies are all pushed into the accounting platform. You know, you'll not even need clients to be using the likes of Receipt Bank in the future, by the looks of it. So, um, again, there's just more interesting times ahead. Definitely. No, it's, it's definitely the way things are going. You know, this is only the start. It's only going to get even more digital. So the more we embrace this, the more we, you know, um, move our practices 100% to the cloud, the, the quicker we'll be able to benefit from the efficiencies and be, you know, be at the forefront of these changes that are taking place to be able to help clients better to save them time and save them money. Okay, I think we've, we've kind of nearly come to an end there. No more questions. Any more questions, guys? Let me know in the comments. Otherwise, final words from you, Kieran, in terms of if there are people watching who are a bit reluctant or a bit wary in terms of making the move to the cloud and have kind of reservations, what would be your uh, parting words of advice to them? What, what I would say again is I would just revisit what I was talking about earlier about the, the, the whole change process. You know, are you in a situation where you want to change, need to change, or must change? Um, I would advise many firms now, you're going to end up getting into a situation where you must change, and that's going to make the change process quite, it's going to be more difficult and probably more time constrained. You know, I know HMRC are talking about making tax schedule for business coming in at some point in the future. Now, given everything that's happening now, um, who knows when that's really going to happen. But at the end of the day, it is going to happen. So don't leave yourself into a must-change situation. If you think you need to change, then now's the time to start thinking about it over the course of the next three months. I think you should invest some time away from the firefighting and think about your own business. It's the old adage that we would say to our clients, work on your business and not in your business. Now's the time to start doing that. And, and the next thing I would say on that to to get yourself ready for the need to change and maybe make yourself into a want to change person, it all really starts in your mind. So if you can get the right mindset around what the real benefits are for cloud and digital and not focus on where things might go wrong and start taking action towards that. Um, I've done this with a number of firms and the first hour of a session I did with the partners of a firm and the staff was talking about mindset. Um, and getting all their fears and, and worries out in the open uh, and then starting to deal with those one by one. Zero have some great resources on that. Um, I'd be happy to actually drop a link into your group just to, to let, let people see what Zero are talking about in terms of digital change. And it talks about, I think there's maybe eight or nine different um, obstacles to overcome and challenges that are, that are often presented for, for firms and, and with their clients and how you can overcome them. Um, so I'd encourage people to read that. Um, in terms of then thinking about if you're a very traditional based practice um, and you're not using any technology at the moment or you're using it on a very limited basis, um, you need to start making a plan to move towards completely going into the cloud. And how do you do that? Well, what I've done with a number of firms very briefly um, is we basically look at the client base and we start to chunk the client base down into different areas. So if you've got somebody using desktop software, you might want to start with them to move them to cloud because they are already used to using accounting software and it's easy to get them to use accounting software once it's cloud-based, albeit you'll need to get familiar with all the features of it to make sure the automation is maximum efficiency as it possibly can. Um, then we were looking at clients who are using spreadsheets and seeing how we can get them to transition to stop putting stuff on a spreadsheet and start putting it through the likes of Receipt Bank and connect it to zero. 
And then you're into all the paper-based ones. Um, and even for the paper-based ones, objections I was hearing was like, they're just not going to take photographs of things. And I would say, well, look, do they have Facebook on their phone? Yes. Do they use it? Yes. Well, they will use Receipt Bank. If you lead them, they will follow you. Um, so if you can show them you're doing it and that other people are doing it successfully, they will follow you. So you've got to get your own mindset right to show what's possible and don't look for the cracks. Nothing's perfect when you do these things and you learn as you go. And, and we've certainly been on, on a journey and we're still on a journey to try and improve things. But it's get your mindset right. Be a want to change person and not a must change person. So take action now and start taking action. The one the one thing I'll get rid of all your fears, folks, is starting to do something. Um, you know, if you're looking to get fit, the one thing that will start you on that journey is putting a pair of trainers on, going to the gym and, and starting from there. The same principles applies with all this kind of change. Absolutely. That's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Kieran. I'm totally with you. I think there is a huge opportunity for us as accountants going forward in the next five years. And that opportunity is actually working in real time with our clients with real-time data, you know, the bookkeeping, the VAT returns, the management accounts, the forecasting, the days of the once a year, year-end accounts, tax returns are long gone. And the yeah. accountants who don't move from that business model to the new way of working will yeah. not have a business before long. So I'm certainly with you, Kieran. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. There's it's some- Actually, to finish on that, Reza, I suppose, yeah. we, 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 we can't not talk about the current position that everybody's in across the world at this point in time. But- like working with our clients, the one thing we were able to do fairly quickly for most of them, whether we were doing the bookkeeping, it was very easy, or they're doing it themselves on the cloud, was the first step I was telling everybody once the coronavirus epidemic hit and the country seemed to be shutting down was establish where your business is at. If everybody is on the cloud and you can quickly jump in and run their balance sheet exactly mm -hmm. and, and see where they're at, you know, you're able to help them much faster and much quicker than, than any other way possible. So absolutely it, it, it's 100 makes sense we just got to do it <laughs> thank you very much kieran thank you guys for watching then everyone take care be safe and i'll speak to you soon cheers kieran thank you. thanks everyone thanks reza take care thank you for listening for more free content videos and resources visit www.rezahuda.com and if you haven't already Come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.